Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Black People Parenting Podcast. It's me, Dion, founder and host of Black People Parenting. And on today's episode of the podcast, this is going to be uh, us kind of revisiting a conversation on the last episode. We talked about how HIV and AIDS was impacting black women. Well, we're taking this episode from our private Facebook group where we have a conversation once a month about the impact of HIV and AIDS on different segments of our community. Well, this conversation was about how parents Parents of freshman college students were discussing sexual health with their children. Now, I talked about this on another episode about two episodes back. I said that in my absence during the summer, one of the things that I had to take care of was to get my daughter prepared for college. So this conversation was very, very timely for me. We'll talk more about my journey and, and, and the journey that I had to take to get my daughter ready for college and prepare her to go off and go away to college. We'll talk about that on a future episode. But for this particular episode, we are primarily focusing on conversations that we as parents have to have with our children about their sexual health. If they're having sex, if they're not having sex, if they're considering having sex, uh, if they're having sex with same sex partners, whatever the case may be, these are important conversations. So I had a panel discussion. I brought these four women together. Of course, Dr. Bambi Gaddis was with us. And I also brought on three women who I know very well, who also happen to have college freshmen at the same time as my wife and I. And we all agreed talking to our young people about sex before they go off to college was a priority. So this is a conversation that you do not want to miss. Be sure that you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you like the podcast. And if you haven't already, join us over on the Black People Parenting private Facebook group. All you have to do is head on over to Facebook, search for Black People Parenting, and the group will pop up. All you have to do is hit that button that says join, and you will be an official member of the BPP fam. Let's get into this conversation because I know you are eager to hear what we all had to say about having these conversations with our young folks about sex and sexual health before we send them off to college. I'll holler at you on the flip side. Peace. We're having a special conversation today about um, college students and sexual health. So I've got some guests along with me who are uh, mothers. Actually, everybody up here with me is a mother. There's one grandmother that's on the panel. We'll get to her. Uh, but And a great, great grandmother. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to her. Uh, but I think this is important, an, an important conversation for us to have, uh, especially for me, someone who just sent my daughter off to college uh, as a college freshman. And I think it's important to have conversations as parents, like about what we're telling our young people about sex, what we're telling our young people about HIV and AIDS, particularly in this climate of COVID, where it seems like uh, HIV and AIDS and sexual health has, you know, taken a, a, a seat in the back. You know, when it comes to conversations that we have, um, when you see things on the news about monkeypox and you see things on the news about COVID and about all of these other illnesses and all of these other diseases, you don't really hear a lot about uh, HIV and AIDS anymore. And that can cause some folks to think that it don't exist. Right. So I wanted to have this conversation with this group of people, because these are people who I know specifically uh, have <laughs> sent their kids to college and share in the same struggles that I share in and Honestly, I've had individual conversations with each of them about this journey as a parent uh, sending our children off to college. So I'll first introduce the wonderful, the beautiful, the, the gracious Dr. Bambi Gaddis, who is <laughs> always my partner in crime in these conversations. Hello, Dr. G. How are you, ma'am? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just so honored to be here. 
Um, Mr. Chavis is such an innovative thinker and always keeps us on point uh, about things that we need to be thinking about. So when he came with this topic, I said it couldn't be a better time uh, because everybody's sending kids back to school right now. Uh, but I, I want to shout out to my co other colleagues and uh, to the uh, HIV Clinical Trials Network. That's why, uh, why we're able to be here. Um, Mr. Chavis has been serving as a consultant for over a year. So I'm excited to be in this space uh, to meet some new friends. And I just uh, can't wait to hear what they have to say and what kind of exchange we're going to have tonight. Absolutely. And if you're watching the video, if you're listening to the podcast, be sure to like it. Be sure you to be sure you subscribe to the Black People Parenting YouTube channel, Black People Parenting Podcast and all that. And also, most importantly, be sure that you uh, just share it, share it with somebody so they can get something out of this conversation. Also, uh, next up, let me introduce Bree. Hey, Bree. Hi. Now, Bree, tell us who you are. Tell us um, your your child's age and uh, where they're going to college, if you want to. Sure. Um my name is Bree. I originally am from Virginia, currently just recently moved back to California from Texas. I left my firstborn, my baby Jada. Um, she's in Texas. She's going to Texas State to study animal science. She wants to be a veterinarian. Mm. Why didn't she go to Tuskegee? <sighs> okay, never mind. Dr. G, Dr. G listen. <laughs> we'll talk. She's 17 and know it all. Mm, mm, mm. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Uh, next up, can I get an Aggie Pride? Aggie Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, tell them uh, about you. Tell them about your, your journey as a parent so far and just uh, a couple of things that you think people would want to know about you and uh, your daughter. Um, My daughter is 18 and um, she's been through everything with me. Um, I am a divorced parent, um, so she's gone through that with me, and um, she's really been there through everything. I had her when I was 24. I did not know what I was doing. Um, so it's it's been very challenging, um, but it's been very rewarding. Um, we're very close. We talk about everything under the sun. I create a safe space for her to talk to me about everything. Nothing is off limit. Um, and I'm just so proud, you know, that I was able to send her to North Carolina a &T and you know, that was the school that she wanted to attend, the HBCU she wanted to attend. So um, that's really it. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, next what's up. Major? What's your major going to be? Biology. Biology. Yes. A biology major. Uh, thank you, Maya. Next up, Courtney. Now, I'll say this. Courtney may not know it or not. She may know it. She may not. But she was actually the catalyst for this conversation. Number one, Courtney is the only one of us on the panel who has uh, a son in college. The rest of us have girls. Um, and Courtney posted something when she was sending her son off to college that really um, it made me think. And I, 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 I didn't tell her this. Um, this is my first time saying it publicly. But when she posted um, like his his kit of things that she was sending with him, um, you know, like his his snacks and his uh, uh, laundry detergent and all of those things, I spied with my little eye <laughs> a box of condoms. Go so that made me say, damn, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Right. 
And when it was time for us to have this conversation, that's why I wanted Courtney uh, uh, here, um, because obviously she had had conversations that were important and she took the initiative to say, this is what uh, you can do, son, to protect yourself. So, Courtney, just introduce yourself real quick. Tell us about you. Tell us about your son uh, and all those things. Hi, y'all. Um, my name is Courtney. I'm originally from Maryland. Um, I came to Raleigh, North Carolina for college myself, and I'm here ever since. My son is a freshman at UNC Charlotte. Um, he is on the football team, and he's majoring in a so, and Showtime, I did not know that. Absolutely. See, you, you never, that goes to show you never know who's watching, like on social media, right. and you never know how you can impact someone else. So, right. for those that don't know, like I said, my daughter's 18. I sent her off to North Carolina AT. Um, and just as a father, for me, it, it, was, it was different, right? Because, you know, we have conversations with our daughters, we have conversations with our children, but of course, the relationship between a father and a daughter is different than the relationship between a mother and a daughter. So I want to start with Bree and kind of and kind of ask you, like with with Jada, what are what were some of the things uh, that you talked to her about leading up to college that you thought were important in terms of keeping herself safe uh, with the decisions that she was making uh, and if you know, if she was deciding to have sex or not, like, how did you have that conversation? What were some of the things y'all talked about? Um, I, I had Jada when I was 19. So I was, I had like, like Maya said, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, you know, thankfully I had like a village behind me, but I think because, um, I, I grew up with Jada and I've worked in, I work in the medical field and I've worked at Planned Parenthood. So, a lot of things um, I just came out and told her like, hey, these, you know, uh, college is going to be a whole new ball game for you. Um, it's you, you have to, I have to talk to her realistic because I feel like sometimes I want to kind of bait her and move around, you know, the conversation, but you have to be realistic with your children. So, you know, I just let her know, like, look, there's going to be, you know, parties. You may, um, you know, feel pressured into doing things you don't want to do and watch your drinks and cups and all that other stuff. Like, you have to be realistic. So my standpoint, it was like, hey, look, this is what, you know, the STDs that's out there. This is, you can't get rid of HIV. You can't, you know, so you, I, I approached it just head on direct. It, it stresses her out a lot of times because she's just like, mom, please just, you know, but I, I'm just like, look, this is what it is. You have to you have to protect yourself because, um, you know, and you also if if anything happens, you know, go to the doctor. Don't just be ashamed to, you know, hide things because, you know, if you don't get things untreated, you know, you can become sterilized and things like that. So I just want her to to be aware. So I definitely educated her direct. Like, look at these pictures um you know look at this information here is what it is because colleges you you're finding who you who you are who your friends are you're exploring into the new adult world so it's just a lot and you can get caught up in the fun and the boys are so nice and they're cute and they're doing their little shimmies and all that other stuff mm, mm, mm. 
you 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 have to be careful you know so i my my approach was always just direct honest and truthful yeah yeah okay so maya what about you just like brie very very honest i think that i gave Rihanna a lot of anxiety because approaching her senior year i was like on it like do you have an urge to have sex? Like, are you feeling anything? Because at the time she had a boyfriend. So I'm asking the, the questions like, I know they were kissing. So I'm like, okay, what's happening after you're kissing? Are you feeling, you know, mama, mom, no, don't mommy. You know, like, I've been, right. I know how this goes, you know. So I'm trying to find out where her head is. And she just flat out told me, like, no, mom, I'm not ready to have sex. Um, I don't even want to go on birth control. Um, so I stress the importance of realizing that for one, times are different now. Like they're making change, they're making um, decisions for our wounds now, you know, so it's different than how it was when I was growing up, you know, as far as pregnancy, you know, a mistake, whatever, um, you know, these diseases out here, you can't get rid of them. Like it's, it's a lot, you know, the pressure that you're going to feel is much greater than what you felt in high school. Um, it's a whole, it's a whole new world. Mommy's not there, daddy's not there, papa's not there. It's just you making the right decisions based off of what you know has been instilled in you. But she assures me that she's not ready for any of that. She doesn't want to go on a pill, um, you know, or any type of control. I'm like, and that scares me because some of her friends did go to school, you know, on birth control, but she didn't want it. And, you know, I have to respect that. Um, but I was just like, look, these niggas don't wear condoms. Mm. Like, okay. Sure don't. Already, they don't. They don't want to. And, and they dirty. They don't take baths. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We, we, we. I'm sorry. Just yeah. a flashback. Just. Y'all not gonna do that. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, Courtney. So, 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 Courtney, as 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 a boy mom, and not only Courtney is a boy mom, but her son is on the football team. So he's a he's a star athlete. So I know the girls. I didn't, I didn't see him on Instagram. I, I, I didn't, he's a good looking young man. He in Don't shape. I, I, I can already tell. He, he, he keep the latest J's on his feet. I know. I, I know that they running them down. And the so, ratio is about 15 to one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so Courtney, the conversation with you, it had to be different. Um, so tell us what what was your conversation and how did he receive that if you had the conversation? I did, and most of the time smiling, he doesn't want to have it. Like he don't want to hear what I say. I talk to somebody else, like, no, you can talk to me about it. And I just try to tell them, don't be thirsty. Everybody that's trying to give you something, you don't have to take it. Like, and if just choose your partner very carefully, first of all. Be very cautious of partner and the ones that are cute does not mean clean mm -hmm. <laughs> so just look like that mean that's a book right there cute does not mean clean no it does not so be very mindful be very careful i just try to instill him to make good decisions <laughs> and that's just all around the choices you can pick and choose who you want to be with who you want to lay with you don't have run up on the person that wants to be with you um use protection of course i say abstinence all the time but that's not realistic so if you choosing to be that way then here is protection make sure you always use protection and if somebody's trying to tell you not to use protection 
you probably don't even want to be with her. You right. know, just right. her all together, saying no, let, we don't. Need it. Um, and if there's any time that you're you're low, reach out if you can't get none. I will get you some. I will make sure you have protection. Um, I have located the nearest um clinics for him in Charlotte. Like you can go here if you're feeling something. Don't be ashamed. Let me know like what's going on. Um, just try to have a real conversation with him. Like, look, I was in college. I know what goes on. I know what happened. So it's not nothing that I haven't seen or heard before. But just just be smart about it. Always use protection and just be mindful of the people that you're with. Right, right, right. And I think I think all of those pieces of advice are important. So, Dr. G, you have worked uh, on these HBCU campuses. You know how things can get. Um, what is your perspective or what has your perspective been of students who come onto the campus, right? The parents have gone, you know, parents and gone, gone back home, right? So we, as parents, we can talk to, we blue in the face. Once they get on that campus and they by themselves and they with their friends, they with their crew and they get ready to do whatever they finna do, they gonna do it. What's your perspective of how these young people are coming onto campus, do you think they're coming onto campus prepared? Or do you think that as parents, there's something that we can do differently to kind of help lead the way? Um, a lot was said, um, all that I agree with. Um, one of the key elements that I heard from all of the parents here is that they, they started early they started early talking and creating an environment where they could talk uh, and their child could feel like they would be protected in that space. Um, I would remind us, however, that even among those of us that believe that we have a certain level of communication with our children, there's think about us. Think about how we were in our day. Um, we, we always withhold some information. Absolutely. We always withhold something, um, for the reasons are vast and wide, but one of the key things that was critical is that they start early. Um, and, and most parents are so afraid of the conversation and they, they limit their conversation around an act. Um, you know, part of what we want to continue to reinforce with young folks is what is your vision for the future? You know, uh, Bree talked about her daughters going into pre-veterinary medicine, uh, going into uh, biology, which tells me that there's a medical, there's potentially a medical intention down the road. Uh, what is your son's major, Courtney? Accounting. My my first husband was an accountant. Uh, anyway, that's another story for another day. Uh, but my point is, is that their vision of oh, getting from their, that vision has everything to do with the choices they make between the time you drop them off and the time you pick them up to give them their, their hat, their hood and their right. gown, because that should be the driver. And anything and anyone that potentially gets in the way of me reaching that final goal 
needs to be reevaluated. The other thing Courtney, Courtney said that was also important is she talked about resources. She has already investigated in the area where her son is matriculating, where are the resources? I was that resource. The South Carolina HIV Council Right Wellness Center was three blocks, if that, away from two black colleges and in driving distance of a major predominantly white institution, several. We got all of those students, those students that were coming in for HIV STD testing, students that were coming in with symptoms who needed to be diagnosed and subsequently treated. Um, there are innovations out here like PrEP. How many of you talk to your young people about PrEP? If you don't Jane know what aware. Pardon? Oh, she she's aware of it. Um, I did talk to her about she I've talked to her about prep. Are you in the health field? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So most parents are not. So when we talk about prevention, for example, STDs, um we assume they talked about it in high school. But the reality is, is that many of them didn't. The school district was charged with providing instruction and didn't. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't talk about the new innovations in HIV prevention, like pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, that you can take a pill and prevent getting HIV now. Oh, wow. Just like you can take a pill and get an erection. We call that the other blue pill that you can take <laughs> and prevent get a contracting or acquiring HIV. But because we didn't get that in our studies and we don't know about it because it's not marketed to us. It's 100% marketed to just gay men, it seems like. And it's not just gay men. Black women need to know about PrEP because yeah. we never know whether someone's being transparent about their uh, preferences. Absolutely. Right. And so the fact that you went out of your way to find out where are the resources where if they do have a critical need, whether it's pregnancy prevention or STD prevention or treatment, they know where to go. And so certainly that would be a major ad, um, um, uh, thing that I would encourage all parents who are sending their children off, whether it's for the first time or their junior seniors or, you know, sophomores they need to know where the resources lie. And they may, you know, we got to come to the terms with how we sent them, maybe slightly different than how they behave and when they come home for Christmas break. And we won't be able to drill them to death. Tell me every gruesome detail. Tell me everything that happened while you were gone. <laughs> I ain't He'll tell us some and not maybe not all. So let, let me let me ask this, and I'm gonna pose this to whoever wants to answer it. Um, with all of us being this being our first semester of having a, a student in college, right? What types uh what type of behavioral cues are you going to be looking for when your kids come back? Um, whether it be on a break, whether it be on a uh, a weekend visit that might indicate that something is going on with them that wasn't going on when they were home. I know when I went to the 
Jalen, uh, maybe two weeks ago. I am checking. I'm just staring at him. I'm like, what's up, mom? I'm like, you got a little darker. I see this has changed. <laughs> Look at him down like, do they got you in the sun too long? Practicing all kinds of <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just staring him down, just trying to see what the difference are. Are you too quiet? Like, why aren't right. you, you know, talkative like you used to be? Even so much as we went out to dinner and he seemed to have frustrated after ordering. And I'm like, what's going on with you? I said, we just ordered the food. Why are you so impatient? So then he says, Oh, well, they feed the football team. Anytime I think about being hungry, I eat. I'm like, oh, man. But, I mean, I just noticed that he was a little agitated. Just waiting. I'm like, okay, well, when you get home, things will not be like that. So, right. to be hungry again and waiting until I cook or you're going to do something else. But um, I definitely just look in for any and everything. Any and, and it's more than the cafeteria that's giving him attention okay you know, yeah okay there's a, i'm not suggesting that you know but i am saying that he is a target yes yes any, any man in a uniform is a yes. target oh and we had those conversations also so i have definitely <laughs> talked to him about that as well so be careful on all levels i'm just like you just it's sad but you do you have to have your guard up at all times you just you got to be cautious, but mm -hmm. any of the other moms want to say how they're how they found out about their child or see any differences? They're free to say. Yeah, I think it's just you know it, it's we as parents we know our child. You know, like I know Jada is like the life of the party, and you know she's going to mix and mingle with everybody on the campus, no matter what background. So I feel like you know if she came back and she was just like oh, I just want to sit in a room and, you know, became like, you know, um, kind of just closed and guarded, I would watch out for that, you know, versus like if somebody's kid was super quiet and shy, they're just like, what's, you know, you're going to, you're exploring yourself, you're like, you know, don't like that. Just press the Bring you're breaking up. Bring you're breaking up. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Now. Okay. Um, but you know, you just always have to trust your parent gut. You know, you know your your child better than anyone. So you just always have to be mindful. Um, and like you said, just look them up and down, watch out their mannerisms, just watch how they do things. And I feel like, you know, for the most part you can. Of course, there's always gonna be some things that slip through um that they won't tell you about, but you just have to, you know, I always say just trust your gut. Yeah. You know, um, Dion, I had a I had a very lengthy conversation with a young woman. She's now in her 30s, but um she came out to her her mother, her parents at 16. And she shared with them that she was gay. And 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 the conversation that we had was so intriguing because that it impacted who she even to this moment, she is a young person who is unaccepting of who she is. And a lot of students get into the college environment 
where they've been spending a large percentage of their time while they in their home, while they're in their church, camouflaging, hiding. And then they get to college and they have this freedom that they may not have had and things that they thought about, they begin to pursue. And so I, 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 I add that to this space because, you know, we're making some very, uh, careful assumptions in this space about who we think our children are. You know, I'm get and I'm making some guessing. You could correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, and what those of us that are in a heterosexual paradigm, we we think our kids are who they are and who we train them to be and who the church says that they are. And then some come home and they're not who they were when they left and it and the chaos and the trauma that it creates in the family because their first they may have delayed their first sexual encounter with a same gender person all the way until they got to college and then they execute they they were able to be free enough to to experiment or explore it and they come back totally different and so I, I, I really struggle with this thing we parents have about thinking we know our kids, thinking we know our, our young adults when there's just so many spaces like for us that they don't have a clue about us. They think they know us, but they don't right. know us. Because we help, we there are things we don't have to tell them. We don't have to tell them some of these things because we're grown, and we took care of them. We nurtured them. We got them where they are. We're not obligated to tell them who we were or who we are. But we think our kids are going to do with up do that with us, and they don't. So everything that I've heard from Bree, Maya, and Courtney really is the basis of what we seek to do every time we encounter them, which is to be authentic as we can, to be as caring and loving as we can, knowing and, and continuing to give them the lecture, <laughs> continuing to give them the message. Um, so hold, hold, hold on right there, Dr. G, because I'm, I'm, I'm and I, there's a question in the chat that I want to get to. Right. But you said something. And I want to I want to I want to ask a question based off of what you just said. So all of us, all four of us, all five of us, because you have children, grandchildren and great grandchildren. All five of us have 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 made uh, attempts to uh, guide these young people the best way that we know how. Right. And we 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 have given them uh, the, the, the best insight that we can, the best knowledge that we can, you know, we've done all that we can, right. For, for, for us four, we, we got them to 18. We, we had a, a, a human being that we were responsible for, for 18 years. We got them there alive. Right. But what, what happens to the parent us when we're having these conversations and it seems like we're, we're, we're hitting a brick wall. It seems like everything that we're saying is falling on deaf ears because like Bree said, they think they know everything. They think they have all of the answers. They think that they don't need our insight anymore. For me, I'm, and I'm talking from personal experience, 
that takes an effect on me mentally because it's like I can't keep battling with you, right? But also, I can't let you go. Like, I can't let you go out here in this world. What does that mean when you say you can't let them go? To me, that means I have trouble. I have, this is what I, I learned this in therapy. I have trouble setting healthy boundaries with my children because I'm a helicopter parent. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, Ooh, I'm real bad. I, I, real bad. <laughs> I want to know where you're at. I want to know who you was with, what you did. Every, everything. And you're also right. the one persons are more likely to tell an untruth to. To, to a degree, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. More, I, I didn't say you were, but I said right, right, right. more like right. right, 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 right. I, I said agree. because you acknowledge and demonstrate through your behavior. Agree. I'm, now, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one that, that's going to say you can't do this or prohibit you from doing this. Like, I want mm -hmm. you to go out and see the world. And, you know, before she, my daughter went to college, she wanted to go to Houston on her first flight by herself. And I had the conversation with her. OK, this, this, this. Houston ain't Raleigh. Right. Like Houston and Raleigh is two different places. But if this is what you feel like you need to go ahead, sis, handle your business. But let me tell you what to expect when you get out there. But my question is, how have you all handled um, the mental aspect of dealing with teenagers who, again, think that they know everything? And Maya, I want to hear from you on this one. <laughs> um, I try to ask Liana why she thinks the way she thinks. When she she doesn't give me pushback much, but when she does, I'm like, okay, tell me why you think this. Why do you think this way? And I usually have something to counteract it with. Um, I have to back up and let her make her decision because nine times out of 10, she's making a mistake. She's gonna come back to me and say, well, mom, you were right. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I have to refrain from the, I told you so. It's just like, okay, well, let's pick it up. Let's pick up the pieces. How can we fix this? Um, but I just try to let her hear what I have to say, why I feel the way I feel. And I listen to what she has to say, and I'm just like, okay, you're 18, so you you have to make the decision. Uh -huh. I, ha I have to let your hand go. I have to allow you the space to be able to make a mistake and, and say, okay, I was wrong. My mom was right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing out here. I do need her guidance. You know, I'm just, it's so hard because I've been there every step of the way. So to just think that, I'm in a space where I have to just let her be and I don't have like any type of control over anything. It's mm -hmm. very hard for me as mm -hmm. a mother, you know, like example, this isn't about sex, but this is something that just happened and it disappointed me. You know, they had the freshman, um, the new freshman orientation or like mm -hmm. the in induction for the, mm -hmm. the new students. And I asked her, did she go? And she was like, no, I didn't have my shirt. Why didn't you have your shirt? And she said, well, I went to go get it, but they didn't have it. Well, I know that Liana was too busy off campus getting her nails done, getting her toes done at this party and at that party. So that's why she didn't get her shirt. But I didn't express the disappointment to her. I just let her tell me why she didn't have it. And I just said, okay. But I know she felt it, you know, because when I say, okay, she's like, oh yeah, my mom, she's not feeling that. But I was like really disappointed. How could you miss something like that because you was off campus at a party and you wanted to get your nails done and all that? I'm like, oh. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, what what like so my wife and I we're totally opposite parents. She's true helicopter parent, and I'm I'm um, I, I'm just I'm more hands off. I think because that's how my mom was. So you know I don't a lot of things like, you know, my wife will check Jada's grades, like in high school, like she would check them all the time. And Jada, why were you absent? Why was you this? And I feel like my, my, my approach is more like, you know, hands on, like, if you don't go to class, if you continuously be late, you're going to have to make that time up. And, you know, they can fail you, they can do whatever. And that's going to be on you. Like, you know, I tell you, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. But I'm trying to instill that responsibility in you. So, you know, you have to be responsible for yourself. You have to want to go to school. Sometimes it does kill me. I think now I want to be more helicopter because it's just like she in a whole different state at college. So, you know, I want to, I'm checking her location and stuff like that. But I just, I think that's just my anxiety with safety. You know, that's, that's important. Um, But I just feel like, I, I I have to give my 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 child grace. Just like you know, times are hard. Like I'm I'm stressed. I'm wore out. I'm mentally exhausted. So why would I not think my 17 year old that's going into college, that's going to a whole new thing, you know, that's been spoon fed this whole time and now is all on her own. So you know, I have to give her grace. So you know, my wife is just like sometimes she'll be more like, well all you got to do is go to school and do this. It's not that hard, but you know, there's other factors into play besides just attending school, especially at, excuse me, at 17 or 18. So, you know, I just try to, I try to give her grace and I try to be open and honest. And, you know, I don't, I want her to always, you know, come to me with whatever. So, you know, I, I just try to try to be mindful. I wasn't, I wasn't this, 37 year old person always, you know, so I was making 17 year old decisions. So I can't expect my, my child not to. And someone told me once that, um, what, what my child is doing, I cannot take personal, like they're not doing that to intentionally hurt me. So once I grasp, like Jada isn't, she's not doing, you know, wanting to hang out with her friends, even though I told her, no, she's not doing that to spite me. She just really wants to go with her friends. And that's really their priority. So once I took it out, because I think once you start taking it personal, it's just like, man, I'm feeding you. I'm giving you shelter. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm exposing you to different things. So now it's like, you owe me. And it's like, that doesn't work because that creates resentment. That creates an interesting dynamic with my child, you know, her, um, me resenting, like, you can't, you can't even just go to school. I'm doing all this for you, but you can't even, you know. You know? One of the things I, uh, I think that if we take it away from them and put it back on us, which is, you know, I grew up, a man raised me and my sisters from eight, 10 and two. He made it crystal clear that we were, he was not our plan B. He said, once you leave, you're not coming back. And we were all girls. And his basic premise was, if they're not clear on this, I'm going to have these young girls running back and forth every time they hit a 
a spot every time a man dog them out, whatever, they're going to be running back to daddy. He made it clear he was not our plan B. And so there were very distinct uh, limits placed on us, meaning we all knew we had four years to finish. Wasn't going to be no extra year. Oh, I'm going to lay out a year. We all knew. And he set that precedent. You don't have to go to, don't go to class. Because one of the things that parents think is that the colleges, and I taught at the collegiate level at several institutions. One of the biggest misnomers for parents is that you have the right to check up on your child and you do not. You cannot get access to their grades. Yes, you may be paying the tuition, but by law, the school institution is not required to consult with you. They are seen as adults, young adults. So you could very well not even see the grades that you're paying for them to execute. And so in that space, we have to, we're supportive. We're giving them information. But part of that information is really for us. We're giving you this opportunity. You, If you have the right as a young adult to take advantage of the opportunity that we're providing for you, or you don't, but, but trust and believe, if you don't take this opportunity, it may not be there later on. There, There is a certain level um, based on what Bree and Dr. G just said, um, there's a certain level of ego that comes with parenting, right? And I think that as our children get older, we have to, as parents, release um, that ego and release that spirit of, I did this for you, so you owe me X, Y, Z. I am doing this because of X, Y, Z. And I think Bree hit the nail on the head when she says that so often when our children do things that we don't agree with, we take it personal. I'm guilty now, of that. I'm so guilty of that. The, now, the conflict for me comes with, again, against something that Bree said. She said that at, at 17, you know, her mom let her do certain things. My, I'm not even going to call it pushback, my feelings, right? My feelings are that being 17 in 1999 is totally different than being 17 in 2022. Absolutely. My fears are based solely on that, solely on the fact that the world has changed so drastically from when I graduated high school in 1998 and when Nyla graduated high school in 2022. How can we as parents overcome those fears and stop putting our fears and our egos onto our young people? You, you've answered it. We have to work on self. This right. is our issue. This is not, their, not their journey. Like our journey. It's not their responsibility to legislate, to try to help us get to that point. Mm -hmm. That young lady I talked about, she isn't turmoil because she cannot figure out how to get her mother to accept the fact that she is a young gay woman. And I, and, and she has these notions about how she can convince her. And my, my statement to her was baby, it's not your responsibility. Your mama is grown. 
she says she is a woman of God. The first lesson is judge ye not lest ye be judged. It says lead a child up in the way that he and she should go and they will not defect from it. And so once we do what we've done, which is to give them a hundred and all that we can, and, and we all know we still going to give it to them. But at some point, as Bree indicated, there if we don't step off and step back, it's no different than our spouses. Yeah, I think we have to sometimes let them make the mistake. I told Jalen, I said, I'm trying to help you. So that you don't make the same mistakes that I've made or somebody else has made. Like, I'm trying to save you. He said to me that he wants to make some of those mistakes. He don't want me to tell him everything. He said he wants to make some of those. He don't want to be saved. It's nothing else. You just got to go through with them. But I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to go through something. When somebody is clearly talking, you don't have to go through that. This is to me. But I let him. But you know, Courtney, I think it's not like, you know, he actually wants to make those mistakes, but he has to like, you know how if if you were just born into money, you're not going to um, understand the value of it, you know, Um, so I think he like when, you know, when he's saying like, you know, I want to make those mistakes. It's just like I want to learn that lesson. Right, in right. that mistake, you know, versus so, just, you know, you can, I can tell you something, but once you, you know, you go through it and you experience it, you, you, you hold on to it more. You have those experiences. You understand, you know, the meaning behind it instead of just somebody. It, no it's not valuable. You from you know, it. Right, no, right. No one can protect you right. from the lesson, you know, that God has for you. Your parents can't keep you from it. It's like a destiny. Absolutely. Like some people have a destiny to experience certain things. And 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 I'll never forget I uh, having a friend that was always in turmoil. And every time I felt compelled to step in, to try to rescue, to try to make it better. And one day God spoke to me crystal clear. And it was so clear. I just, I, you know how he talks to you sometimes, you know, it's him. One, because what the way he put it to you, you know, you don't talk like that. So, you know, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not self-talk, you know. And he said, get out of my business. Mm. He said, get out of my business. Every time I seek to address and deal with this individual, here you come. Getting in my way. Step off. And that's, I think, for so many parents, we our reflection, we have to say, did I do everything that I could think of? Did I talk to them about sexuality? Did I tell them all that I know? Did I direct them to information like, like Courtney was talking about? Did I share with them from a, a spiritual perspective what where, where I sit, where my values are, what our family values are, and how they're a manifestation of our family values. And we want them with, with all our, our mistakes. We still, one of the key values is that I love you regardless. Uh-huh. You gonna mess up. Cause you're not always going to listen to what I'm saying. And I know you're going to trip up. Oh, why? Because I tripped and I failed. but you're going to get up. 
So how do we, so, so how have you all, um, how have you all handled? Well, maybe, maybe, let me, maybe it's just me. I'll say this. So when I let Nyla go off to college, uh, when she went, there was a certain level of remorse that began with me probably when she turned 18 and it, it, it was full of everything that Dr. G just said. Did I do enough? Was I there enough? Did, did, did I do the things that I was supposed to do? Could I have gotten her involved in more activities? Did I push her as far as I could have academically? Uh, did me not being with her mom hurt her more than I actually thought that it did hurt her in the long term? Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a sense of remorse that I personally had and I struggle with and I dealt with and deal with and talk to my therapist about and all of those things. How have y'all managed um, the... I guess the looking back and saying, well, I didn't do this, but I, I guess let's call it the would have, could have, should have. Right? I did never, I don't look back. My daughter's 42. I don't look back. Teach me your ways, Teach me ways. I gave it a hundred. And I told her, I told her, I gave you everything that I have to give. I can't, you know, and even now as a grown woman, we don't always agree, but at the core of it, she knows I gave her a hundred. And I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back on that. I'm not looking back on my past other marriage. I gave it all. I gave it all I had. And guess what? If it wasn't okay for you, I ain't mad. We could still be friends because I'm moving on. (laughs) Hey, look, I don't care who you date. I don't live, live your life. Because guess what? I'm almost 67 in a couple of weeks. This life is so short. I don't have time to best in what did I do wrong? God knows my heart. He knows that you are a dynamic daddy. He knows how many men even think about that. Right. How many men even put the energy into thinking about did I do the wrong thing? So the fact that she has you to even reflect means that she's a blessed child. And 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 I'll I'll say like you know Sean and I we've been like you know social media friends a long 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 time so like it it's it's been amazing because um, I have a friend that we both have our daughters going off to college we both have four year old toddlers that are autistic so we have that bond and we talk about a lot of things but I will say for sure show has been the best male figure in a daughter like if if i could go back like i want i want show as my dad like he's always with Neezy from little show has always been like that dad so you know i i i know you know nyla got has those um you know those tips and those that information she has those keys you know it's just now she just has to find those doors and And she might call him she might call him before she call you. Right. So that's that's the other phone you better have tapped up. Out of nowhere, they'll call you and say, look, I got to talk to you about something. I can't talk, I can't talk to my mama right now. Uh, right. I, that's a gem to have somebody you could talk to. And so that's the other point of we parents as we talk about choices and decisions. We need to create someone for that person to come to. Right. We're, the, we're my husband and I are that for a lot of young people. 
you know, who go to Benedict, go to Allen. When they don't have no food, they'll come by and ask, can they get something to eat? Um, right. I had, my husband was out of town. I ended up with three baseball players in my house. <laughs> they got put out of an Airbnb. And I'm like, I thought I was going to be walking around naked. No, I'm not. I got two strangers in my house. But we want to be that for somebody's somebody's child. So we should create, if we know somebody in a space, call them ahead of time. Say, look, my child's going to be in your your town or whatever. You know, can you just be a your village is just as important. You know, the, the village that you have, like I, we're, we're in California. So our, our friends and family that's in Texas, you know, I'm, I'm relying heavy on them. You know, I'm relying like, and Jada knows, like if Jada is in a pinch, Hey, you know, I'm feeling too drunk. I'm out at this party. She knows she can call someone and they can come pick her up, you know? So I always, I always stress the importance of your village is just as important. You know, they, she may not, Jada may not always come to, um, you know, my wife and I, but I know she has some people that she can count on. I think I call it that. Say that again, Courtney. Courtney, bring it up. Everybody. She she breaking up, but she said she called everybody in Charlotte that she knew. I'm a, I'm a master lip reader, by the way. She called everybody in Charlotte that she knew and told them to be on the lookout for her son. Caught all that. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, so I, I want to pivot just a little bit uh, to this question that was in the chat. One of the questions that was in the chat, um, it says, the commenter said, why does it feel like I'm walking on eggshells around my two college students? It's very tense at times. So I'm very uncomfortable talking to them about HIV. Um, again, these the, the, the teenage hormones are <laughs> they're a little different. <laughs> They're a little different. So whoever wants to answer this, please uh, chime in and give this this uh, person some insight. Well, let me just oh, go ahead. Always on eggshells for her, everything about it. So I mean, something I just have to say. You know what? I don't care if you're upset about this. I just don't want to talk about this. It has to talk. Like we're going to have this conversation. So you might as well, let's just be happy about. It. Because we're going to conversate about this. We're going to get to it. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. I'm going to help you out. And I'm only doing this because I love So they just have to take it. Well, there's a lot in the question. So let me say that. There's mm-hmm. a lot in their question. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. And again, unless we were in a direct exchange. Um, so I apologize if I don't process things right. But let me say that. Um, I sense that there's a general discussion that either has not been had prior to their experience in college. Um, and there may be a general level of discomfort in general. Um, I would ask, I would be very interested with the uh, person who's asked the question, why is the conversation specific to HIV? You know, versus... Um, challenges that they're facing and, 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 and pressures that they may be experiencing 
being in a college environment where sex is free and can be often if someone would choose to, to, to engage. Um, um, I would be very interested to know how her, her college students identify. Do they identify as heterosexuals? Are they same gender loving um, uh, uh, young adults? Because all of that plays into how I translate, ask questions, and address issues. Um, and how comfortable they are to, you know, talk to, to the parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I think there's a lot more in that question. I mean, certainly I would love to have that conversation with them. Um, I don't know how we put our phone numbers and emails in the chat. Um, I guess, how do I do that anyway? Um, but, uh, oh, here it is. So certainly um, I think part of what we try to do here in this space is to ensure that we're just not talking at people but that we are creating opportunities for them to get more information or just to have a one-on-one. -on -one. I know I'm always open to that. Um, I did not share that my, my training is in human sexuality and family life education. Um, my, my work primarily was working in uh, school districts in 94 autonomous school districts, trying to teach teachers, how do you discuss and present information to young people around reproductive health, pregnancy prevention, STDs, et cetera. Um, I still don't feel like I know everything. Now I have grandsons. Grandsons are totally different than grand, uh, granddaughters. I have a great granddaughter. I know she's going to be a piece of work. <laughs> you know, um, I have a great grandson who already manifests different personality traits. I don't know how he's going to be, but I know that I'm an old chick. I mean, my 14-year-olds constantly tell me how old I look, and all I can tell them is you better hope that you okay. look good and, and, and this vibrant at 67. <laughs> Dude. Let them know, Ms. G. Dude. <laughs> Why you? As a matter of fact, we can take it to the court if you want to go there. <laughs> Because you want to talk about somebody being old. So, but, so, so. <laughs> got off track. I'm yeah. sorry. Put your, put, your, put your information in the, in the chat, Dr. G. And I, we're, we're running short on time, but I want to pose a question uh, to everyone. And I, and I think it has to be said that, um, and I don't have any data to back this information up, but I'm pretty sure we can we can all agree that there is a uh, a link, specifically at younger ages, there is a link between uh, one's mental health and one's um, sexual decision making or our decision making as a whole, but we're talking about sexual uh, choices at this point. Um, how have you as parents navigated some of the mental health struggles that come with being uh, a teenager in this generation? How have you helped them navigate uh, the mental health issues, the the the, the social medias, the 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 uh, the comparing themselves to others, the the going through COVID and being isolated for two years, um, because you know if 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 you go through COVID, you don't have any friends that you can actually touch and come in contact with. Uh, once you get out and you can start being around people and touching people, 
then you you might respond a little bit differently, right? My, I got a neighbor who's he's, he's, he's 16, nicest kid I've ever met in my life. I'm talking about mannerable. Yes, sir. No, sir. Cuts my grass for me. Does all of the things. First day of school, I said, hey, man. I said, how was school today? He said, it was great. I said, it was great. I said, I, in all my 40-some years, I ain't <laughs> never heard a 16-year-old say the first day of school. was. I said, why was it great? He said, because I got to see my friends that I hadn't seen in two years. They had still been virtual. He said, I got to have uh, conversations and lunch with them after two years. And that made me think about the struggles that come with not being able to have those connections. Um, and not, not only that, but not having the mental capacity to, to navigate that, right? So yeah. how have y'all kind of handled helping them through the mental aspect that we've seen uh, comes coming with being a teenager and dealing with COVID and all of those things over the last couple of years. I've just had open dialogue with Liana and I also have her in therapy. She came to me and told me that she wanted to go to therapy because I was in therapy. Well, I've been in therapy continuously since 2018. So she was like, Ma, I want to go to therapy. I just want another outlet. I want to talk to somebody else. Sure. So she is still in therapy at NCAT doing the virtual, you know, therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. And I love that, but I just, we just have open dialogue. How are you feeling? She, Liana actually excelled during the pandemic. She had straight A's, but when they went back to school, her grades like kind of slipped a little bit. She still was on honor roll, but it wasn't straight A's, you know? And so I was just like, wow, where other kids were actually struggling, she was excelling, mm -hmm. you know? My life didn't change. I already have a remote position, so I was already at home with her. Um, so I just was like, you know, how are you feeling? I mean, what's going through your mind? She's on social media, so she sees everything that's going on, you know, in the world. And I just ask, you know, how does that make you feel? What do you want to talk about? Um, and therapy has helped as well. Just her having different people to talk to. I know it's not always going to be mommy, so I want her to have another avenue of help uh -huh. uh -huh. i um i i the same just having that open you know dialogue with your you know with your kid um and then always i i'm a big believer in just transparency so you know especially during like the covid times and lockdown i made sure to be transparent with how you know lockdown is affecting me i think especially like our generation and and older like I knew my mom struggled, but, you know, people always say like, oh, my mom, she worked so hard. I didn't see her. But, you know, I, I want Jada to know, like, no, I'm struggling mentally. So it's OK if, you know, you're going through something like just just being open and honest with her. Um, and it and and I think I, I especially as far as the school, I wish Jada would have, you know, went to the A's you know, when she was in COVID lockdown, but I was, I was in nursing school. Um, I started January, 2020. So like my whole nursing program was virtual. Mm. So I, I couldn't, it was hard to fuss at Jada about like her being so lax about the classes and the teachers, like, you know, they're just like, yeah, they're just giving them just filler work or whatever. But it was hard for me to fuss at her because I'm in class and I'm not even really caring. Like I'm waiting to the last minute. I'm doing this, you know, so I, I totally understand like 
you know, that whole like, yeah, I got class, whatever, you know, like that virtual thing, it really messed me up. And, you know, I wanted to always make sure I told her, you know, I understand, but this is what we have to do to get to the next thing. You know, we have to push through. Um, so it's going to be hard, but just keeping that communication open and, you know, just letting her know, like, it's okay to feel down. It's okay to miss your friends. It's okay to not be happy that we have this lockdown and things like that. Um, but, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, sometimes it, it just can be hard because you have those outside sources, but, you know, um, you just have to be honest and hopefully they understand and they get it. And I think we don't give children credit you know, um, they're like little, they're little people, you know, like little adults. So I think, you know, like you said, like we, we instill those things and they may not show it, but it sometimes in just conversations, a recent conversation Jada had, I was like, you know, I, I kept it cool when we were talking, but afterwards my wife, I was like, did you hear that? She, she listening to us. Like we, we doing something. So it's just like in those important moments, they they get it, you know. We have to we have to like give them more credit because I, I was thinking I'm like Lord, my child, I don't know what she's gonna do, but the stuff that you know she says in just quick conversation, I'm like, okay, she gets it, you know. So I just think in communication and just not having that um, judgmental parent type of energy, you know, it definitely helps them give them that 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 space, that open space to to talk and you know be honest and stuff. Hmm. Courtney? Am I breaking up still? Not right now, no. Okay. <laughs> um, well, as far as COVID and being home and the mental of dealing with that, as you said earlier, <laughs> you're a helicopter parent and I am too. So most of the time, I've always tell them I know to go and play to different places. So I have two um, that were in the house together. So a lot of times, they're used to spending a lot of time together. So... Um, I didn't let them go to a lot of things. So they're kind of used to being in that space with each other and having each other to rely on and to talk to. Um, but they definitely have their separate friend zones and I'm able to communicate with them about whatever you know, the issues are. But most of the time they don't hear what I got to say. Um, so the, the plus was my youngest daughter having a sibling who is older who can talk to her about a lot of things um so she really don't want to hear what i'm saying i'm telling her but i am praying that she's listening and then she has big brother who will pretty much give her the five to about things yeah so. yeah I, I think it's important for us to have conversations about mental health um with our young people um a lot of them are struggling silently a lot of them don't have the tools uh to cope with these things. So the same ways that we talk about sexual health and, and physical health, I think it's just as important to speak with them about mental health because they don't, you know, we didn't come up with therapy being cool. We didn't come up right. with our parents going to therapy. And so I tell my daughter every other Sunday, like, I'll be back. Like, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go holler at my girl. Like, I gotta go talk to my therapist. Like, Without a problem, like if, if if it's a Sunday morning and I'm not in the house, then you know where I'm at. Like I'm right. I'm at, I'm at the spot for 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 an hour, sometimes longer than that, right? Uh, but I think it's cool that that they get to see that, and that we as parents get to have these conversations with them, so they can then begin to develop 
um, those tools and, and, and implement those strategies that need to be put in place in order to help them to um, succeed. Right. And I think I think that's important. So uh, just wanted to, to, to say that to throw that piece in there. If we're talking about sexual health um, with college students, it's always important to talk about mental health. Uh, Dr. G, you just sent me a link. Is that something that you want to share with everyone or? I didn't know. I didn't, um, I didn't know. Uh, so part of our goal this evening um, is to ensure that we get feedback and the uh, HIV Clinical Trials Network. Um, you know, we've been through a lot through COVID and as you all have articulated and um, we've talked about all different types of aspects. But one of the advances we've made, we came up with a vaccine and HIV we have yet to come up with a vaccine because as we talk about sexual health and talking to our young people, we look for a day when stuff will have a cure and we don't have a cure for HIV right now, but what we are working on are clinical trials that will help us come to that day. Like we did with COVID, we now have a vaccine. And so the survey that you're seeing uh, in the chat, um, we would uh, we would ask um, uh, Mr. Chavis and I are asking that you at your leisure take you maybe five minutes or so that you uh, cut and paste that um, go to the, fill that survey out for us. It will give us some information that we need um, uh, about where you are and what you understand. Um, and uh, so we would very much ask that you would fill that out for us uh, since I can't see everybody who's on. Um, but I, in closure, uh, Dion, um, I just really think that this conversation has been so fruitful. Um, I would love to see how more men also think about uh, this releasing of parenthood. I know my husband talks about how they dropped him off in college and just buy. I mean, it wasn't no walk through the campus and all that. They just said, we got you here and bye. You know, and figure and it we out. Talked about what that was like, just getting dropped off. And, you know, uh, as a young man on a college campus and four years later, he had a degree. But I think uh, he probably had his own sets of questions uh, and, and, and wondered how am I going to make it through this space? And so um, I've been grateful for tonight um, to hear from Bree and uh, Maya and Courtney and you um, about what it's been like. Because quite frankly, I forgot. <laughs> it's real. It's, it's real in any other word. It's important to say we forgot. Didn't you just drop them off? You said yes. you talked to him again. You was back on the campus. What? I'm going Girl, to stay off the campus. That's gonna say, what's your son's name? Jalen. They're gonna be saying, Jalen. Mama up here again. And it's gonna be for the rest of his life. I said, I know he's sick of me. I'm so serious. They probably got a chat going on and everything, and they don't talk. Everything Jalen mom, she she kind of yeah. <laughs> no, what you're gonna be saying is Jalen mom look kind of good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jalen, your mama got it going on. 
they gonna throw her, they gonna throw your name on the football field to throw him off his game and everything. Right. Yep. We already have a shirt to say Jason Mom on it now. Don't Courtney, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. You got it. Cry, I, look, don't feel bad, Courtney. I cried for three days straight. Don't feel bad. Did you? Yeah. I haven't cried. Oh, I love it. Please. I haven't cried. I love it. I what? I think what? you know what it, it's been so much because literally, like I was, we were moving to California, and like we moved to California before she even moved to to college, so it was just a lot. But I know when she she's coming for Christmas, so when she leaves, they, okay, they don't have they don't have to that's drag me think. out of the airport. That's what you think. That's what I think. That's what, I think. That's what, I think. That's what I think. You yeah. gonna be saying, "Who thank God they gone?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> Say that when he get here, but for right now, <laughs> right now, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Dion. Right now, I'm like, yeah, I'm, over I'm, come back. I'm over the crying now. I'm like, Mama, about to have some fun. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have some fun. Okay. Yeah. Thank, and, thank, and shout thank, out, yeah. thank you, Dion, for this. Like, mm -hmm. this is a great conversation to have, and I think you know it's it's so important, especially for Black people on um, parenting. You know, we can have this outlet, and we can talk, and they can, you know. We we can talk about you know things that we're familiar with. So you know you you hit it all. You always hit it out the park. Facts. I appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll do another conversation, Doctor G. We'll figure out what we're gonna do for next month. I got an idea. Um, but I want to bring uh us back together again at some point. Maybe we can revisit after this after the first uh <laughs> semester or year, and we can we can come back and we can kind of. You know, talk about where we are, and, and I think that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will be looking forward to that. Uh, and as always, man, make sure you follow us, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, just check out the Black People Parenting Facebook group. It's, well, it's I there. Can tell you what we need to gab them when you bring us back, mm -hmm. they got to bring the, the, the bring young folks with them, right? <laughs> they need to be oh, that'd be right cool. next to you. Yeah. I think that'll be dope. That I, yeah. I, I think that'll be dope. So let's let's plan for that later on in the year. Um, but thank you all again. Uh, Black People thank Parenting, you. YouTube, Facebook, podcast, all the things. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, do what you got to do. And we'll holler at y'all on the next episode. Peace. Bye. Peace. Thanks, y'all.